If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okame. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast, and we are founding members of the Odd Pods Media Network. It's Gecko, not Geico. All jacked up. Vampire Walk With Me. All that and more. Let's go hunt some vampires, motherfucker. One punch at a time. Pyaw! What if Vince Offer came back and was like, hey, I've got a new product. It's not the slap chop, but it's the punch chop, and it's for hunting vampires. Mm -hmm. You're tired of putting effort into your crosses and your stakes into the hearts of vampires? Well, no more. You just put it on their chest and punch chop it. When there's a lot at stake and you need the job to be well done, get the punch chop. Easiest one, two, and three. One, two, and three. There you go. Welcome to the first installment of the Spooky Media Bros Podcast for the month of October 2020. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Vince, I mean, I'm Okamu. After a month-long hiatus due to some fucked up weather, we're back and we're kicking it. Ready to punch chop our way back into everything. And the first thing we thought about was, you know, let's go ahead and just take our vengeance out on some motherfucking vampires. With two films. Yeah, From Dusk Till Dawn and John Carpenter's Vampires. Hmm. James Woods. I bet he got a lot of wood during that. He would need all the wood he can get at this point. Uh, you know John Carpenter was probably sitting there like, who the fuck am I going to cast for this? I need somebody. James Woods. You got wood, and your, you're going to need it. Your name strikes fear into the hearts of vampires, ironically. Ooh, a vampire. Ooh. A vampire. Ooh, a vampire. That was pretty much this movie, but anyway. Yeah, so... In the other realm of, of uh, competition is Robert Rodriguez's From Dusk Till Dawn. Let's get into it, shall we? This is probably, 
if not one of the best George Clooney acting I've ever seen in a film. Everybody loves fucking ER. I don't know why, but everybody loved Batman and Robin. I don't know why. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> I don't know why. Mm. But we love George Clooney in this movie a whole hell of a lot. Because he was so convincing, dude. Yeah, he's not this stale kind of stereotype character that he normally portrays. He actually gives you the impression that he is a piece of shit, badass thief who's not afraid to do shit. No. That's necessary to get what he wants. Which it it was interesting because for me, this was the first time I've seen both of these films. And this one's like, say no more. That's all you need to know. No, I was like, I was already expecting like, okay, what's going to happen here? And I was thoroughly surprised a little bit whenever he pops up with him and Quentin Tarantino's character and they had hostages. It's like they literally were telling the clerk, like you were tipping them off. It's like, no, I wasn't tipping them off at all. It's like, yes, you were. And I think it was, um, what was his brother's name? Seth, not Seth, Richie, Richie. Yeah. That's right. Cause it's you. Yeah. He was so paranoid through this whole film, but mostly in the beginning of this scene when he was literally telling Seth, like, no, he was tipping him off. I know he was. It's Quentin Tarantino's character, Richie, uh, is Seth's brother, like you said. And the Gago brothers are probably one of the coolest things that have come out of the Rodriguez Tarantino um, repertoire, I should say. The world. Yeah. That sequence was great. You got Michael Parks, who plays the sheriff, and it's the same sheriff character from Kill Bill and uh, Planet Terror. And you know, like Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez love Michael Parks so much. So to see his character come in there and he just gets fucking cat busted right in his damn head, right from the jump. And you're like, okay, so I guess all these other movies he was in as this character take place before this. There's no way they don't now. He retires to every other town. (laughs) And it's like, nah, I'm not dealing with this. So he goes to this town. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> but anyway, though, so the movie starts out with them holding this store up. And on the news, the, the store clerk has been, you know, hearing everything on the radio, talking about the Gecko brothers, you know, making an escape and they're heading towards Mexico. The sheriff wants to cut them off, but he gets killed and the store fucking blows up because at one point, one of the coolest sequences is when George Clooney is like, all right. Richie, I want you to shoot those bottles out from behind him. He shoots all the alcohol. Seth takes a roll of toilet paper and just douses it with lighter fluid, lights Mm -hmm. that bitch and tosses it and just torches this guy. And it's so funny because there's a lot of comedic shit in here too. But what was interesting about that sequence was, you know how they have the the stereotype of the bad guys or the badasses never look behind them with the explosions? Seth was like harping on uh, Richie the entire time. It's like, you know, what did I tell you about doing this? Yeah, in the background. <laughs> just <laughs> fucking just. I told you not to do this. Yeah, but the guy was going to fucking rat us out, Seth. But what did that tell you? Uh, you, you said not to shoot him. I fucking shot him anyway. <laughs> like, you know, that's. And they're just having casual conversation while there's shit's blowing up behind him. And it's the comedic portion that is just the Midas touch for this film. But anyway, they drive off and then the opening credits kick in. I want to point a couple of things out before we go any further, though, because I, I will forget. Fucking Greg Nicotero worked on this for the makeup effects and Robert Kurtzman did as well. And people out there know them more currently from the walking dead, but Greg Nicotero and Robert Kurtzman also did the makeup effects for vampires as well. So that's kind of a tie in with these movies also. So here we are. Practical effects at work. Best. The best. Anyway, so Richie and Seth are fleeing to El Rey. That's where their, their goal is to go meet this dude 
in Mexico, Carlos, and get money and fucking retire and hide out in Mexico. So they get to this hotel. And this is really where the movie kicks in and where we meet all the characters we're going to have towards the end of the film. So you meet this former reverend or this former preacher played by Harvey Keitel named Jacob. And he is on a road trip to Mexico. I don't know if he's going to Mexico no. with them, but they're on a road trip in general. I think they're just traveling the country and they happen to be in the same place as them. Eventually. Yeah. And you have his son and daughter, Scott and Kate, which Kate is played by one of your favorite actresses. Mm, Juliet Lewis. Fuck yeah. <sighs> Last on our showdown, I want to say in Christmas Vacation. Because we had her in Natural Born Killers when we talked about right. that one. Right. Dude, it's so weird. Like, Harvey Keitel is one of those actors who, you know, it's cool to see him in different roles. Like, a lot of people that I know first found out about him with Little Nicky, where he was playing Satan. And that was fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But this, whenever I was younger, this was one of the first movies I saw him in. Long story short, they go to the hotel. And it's the same hotel that Seth and Richie wind up at. Which was funny because whenever Seth finally got a room, which was comedically done too, because this is old guy at the reception table. It's like, what do you fuck you want? <laughs> He's like, I want a room, you old bastard. Yeah, you mean motherfucker. I want a room, you mean old bastard. So Seth gets back in the car and Richie's like, does it have cable? No. And does it have the X-rated channels? What does it have? It has four walls and a bed. Just what we fucking need. <laughs> right. And they have a um, hostage in the trunk of the car, too. So they get her out, and then they bring her inside. And she's from the bank they just robbed. So Seth goes to leave and like basically tells this chick, he's like, if you fucking say or do anything, we're going to shoot your ass. So he leaves. Yeah. And Richie is just like, you, you want to come watch TV with me in the bed? Yeah. <laughs> so before creepy. We, yeah, before we discuss that part, like I want to praise Clooney for how he portrayed that whole scene. Like he was so dominating in that whole entire like transaction with that <laughs> there were the teller basically. Right. Cuz he would sit there and say, "Okay, these are the rules. You know, rule 1, you don't say this, you don't say that, you don't ask questions cuz otherwise you scream or you say anything, you'll meet Mr. Caliber or Mr. whatever. <laughs> Mr. 44. Mr. 44, yeah. <laughs> and he only expected yes or no responses to every question he said, but he was so just intimidating the entire time. Like it was just amazing that that was inside of him the entire time and he's not doing it very much. But yeah, I want to praise that part of the movie for that reason. But then, yeah, like you said, we get Richie's like, Hey, you want to watch TV with me? <laughs> just, it's, and and he, it's Tarantino just talking in his natural voice. And he still sounds like fucking Kyle from South park. He Puts her in the bed with, or she goes and sits in the bed with him. Seth comes back with Big Kahuna burgers because, you know, Big Kahuna's got to be in fucking everything. And he goes in there and they're starting to eat and they started talking. I love it because Seth just stops. He's like, wait a minute. Richie, where's the girl? And he just casually just "Mm," in the other room, (laughs) just real calmly just in the other room. But the way that sequence is shot really is, uh, is really cool. Yeah, because it's just a slow pan when Seth kicks the door open. And you just see the look on his face like, God damn it. And there's real quick flashes where you can't really tell what happened, but you can. There's blood. Yeah, and all you hear Richie goes, I'll explain it. Let me explain it. And he's like, okay, I'll give you a chance to explain it. Yeah. 
when when you left, she was a different fucking person, Seth. When you left, she was gonna, you know, she was gonna fucking run, and I had to do what I had to do. And you know, he's sitting there, and he's like, "No, I'm a professional fucking thief, Richie. We don't kill people, and you know, blah blah blah." And he's slamming him against the wall. He's like, "Tell me, do you, you know?" He's like, "Say it." I yes, Seth. I fucking understand. Like just berating the shit out of him. But even in that moment, he hugs him and he's like, look, we know when we get down, it's going to be nothing but, you know, rice and beans and fucking women and tequila and, you know, none of this shit's going to matter. So you you get that dynamic that as fucked up as they are, they love each other because they're brothers and, you know, they would fucking protect each other. Right. So a lot of shit that happens at this hotel and the drive to Mexico that they eventually go on really sets the stage for a lot of the shit for the twist at the end of the film that happens because... You know, people that have seen this movie know it's a vampire film, but you don't, if you, if you go into it clean and you don't hear about it, you get two bonus films for the price of one. You get like a good, like Tarantino heisty kind of film. And then the Rodriguez like action supernatural film. Yes. And it's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So like to make a long story short, they, they run into Jacob and his kids because they pull the RV over to, you know, sleep overnight. And <laughs> I love this sequence so much. Richie goes next door. He asked them for a bucket of ice because his bucket is missing. And we, <laughs> we fucking died in this sequence because he fucking opens the door. And it, when Jacob goes to give him the ice bucket, he fucking turns around and just fucking, oh. he gets punched right in the goddamn face, dude. And we were laughing because like, what was that on your face? It, it was, was pain. pain. <laughs> just fucking dang. I'm going to punch your face in the face. <laughs> Uh, Kate came in from swimming and Seth made her stop at the door. Right. And Richie was basically holding her and Richie kept staring at her. Cause you know, he's, he's basically going to have that stereotype of just like the pervert and he stares Epa down on her and <laughs> Kate literally turns to him literally face to face and goes, if you want to eat my pussy? Just let me know. Yeah. She's like, will you please eat my pussy for me? Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> They don't go too much into it in this uh, movie, but in the television series that was based on it, they kind of delve a little more into Richie's like psyche because he's got um, multiple personality. Like he sees shit, mm-hmm. but it all winds up being connected to the vampires and shit, you know. But anyway, but yeah, th- that happens, and we were just like, God damn it! But yeah, like even during the sequence that you mentioned before that they were driving and. <laughs> Richie just staring at Kate. It's like, hey, you still want to do what you said? She's like, what did I say? You know, at the hotel. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> and that was like the little bit going on between the two of them. And Seth goes, Richie, we're looking at them. We're not talking to them. And he just looks over. We'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, dude. <laughs> you know, they exchange Seth and Jacob about, you know, who they are, which eventually Seth's just like, you know what? We're not here to get to know each other and be all mushy mushy. Basically we're here to do a job. And then once we're across the border, y'all are free to go. Basically they get to the border and it's basically going to be Seth, Richie and Kate in the bathroom while Jacob and Scott are in the front seat. Well, Scott's trying to convince him, like, this is the time that you out them because you don't have those chances very often. He's like, I'm not going to out them. He I'm- was very Walter White in that sequence. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, they're running the show. Today. He's like, no, I'm running the show. Yeah. <laughs> I am the one who knocks. 
but he didn't have the fedora. He had like a little straw hat thing. He looked like John Hammond, dude. Mm. <laughs> fucking rolls through there. They're Welcome like, "Welcome to Mexico." No, dude. Like, fuck the the many appearances of Cheech Marin in this fucking movie. He just walks up and he's just like, "What have you got on board?" And he's like, "Well, it's just me and my son, and we've got a T Rex." Yeah. <laughs> just like I was waiting on that shit. I was just like, "Welcome to Mexico." <laughs> Welcome. But it doesn't go smoothly because you hear a, and Cheech is just like, "What was that?" Oh, that's my daughter in the bathroom. You didn't mention the daughter. And so, yeah, it was me, my son, and my daughter. He's like, we're coming on board. Like, fuck. Oh, shit. They go in, and he walks over to the bathroom, knocks on the door, and he opens it, and she's just fucking sitting there, shitting there. And she's like, you shut the door, damn it. You know, and he just pervertedly, like, as he's shutting the curtain, he just, he, his eyes are, like, following along the edge, just looking in mm. like a fucking creep. And you see fucking Seth. No, we forgot yeah. what happened before that. Yeah, I was going to say before that. <laughs> he fucking, fucking Richie is, not you. Yeah. Fucking Richie is like going berserk. He's like, this isn't going to work. And he's like, no, I want you to calm down before you go nuts on us. Yeah, he's like, well, if you don't be a fucking nut, things will work out. And then Richie's like, are you calling me a nut? No, I didn't mean like, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you called me a nut. <laughs> he's like, yeah. you expect me because, you know, all this other stuff. He's like, because I broke you out of jail. So that makes me a nut, right? And he's like going off on Seth and he's just like, Backhands him with a fucking fist, <laughs> knocks his ass out and before I, Cheech's you know character walks in. And I love how Kate was just like, "Thanks," and he's just like, eh. "But yeah." Afterwards, they're finally past the border, and Seth, you know, goes, you know, lays him down and stuff. And he's like, "What happened?" It's like, "Well, you start getting real bad anxiety. You started acting up, and you just passed out. I don't know what happened to you." Yeah, your head hit the toilet. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Are you doing all right? And he's like, "Oh uh, yeah." Just a little fucked up. Yep. <laughs> Just a little fucked up. And he's like, where are my glasses? And he's like, oh, they're right here. They broke when you fell. He's like, God damn it. That was my only good pair of fucking glasses, Seth. And he was like, just going off about the glasses. Like, do you honestly think we can find another pair of glasses anywhere in Mexico? He's like, there's a one of a kind pair. They don't know? have this prescription. <laughs> so funny, dude. I love their banter. It's so fun. Yeah. And that's, that's the charm of, of these characters too. Is like, they're bad guys, but you can't help but like them because like, they have normal conversation. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like if me and you went into the theme God. business. <laughs> God damn it. You break my glasses. Like, these are one of a kind pair, okay? <laughs> these are one of a kind pair. You really think we're going to find another fucking pair in Mexico? Yeah. But eventually, they make it to the rendezvous point, which is called fucking, was it Twisted Titties? No, or? it was this Titty Twister. Twisted Twister, yeah. Either way, it's perverted. And it's literally like Cirque du Soleil from hell of bars in Mexico. I mean, it's bikers, <laughs> it's truck drivers, it's Mexicans. That's the funniest fucking description of that bar I have ever heard in my life from anybody that's talked about this movie. It's like the Cirque du Soleil of hell yeah. in Mexico. Like, fuck, man. Yeah. They pull up and you see another Cheech Marin role as this announcer. <laughs> my God. I told you before you saw this, I was like, I was like, prepare. This is going to be one of your favorite Cheech Marin things you've ever seen in your fucking life. Okay, guys, I'm going to give you like an exposition. Do y'all know, which some of you might, there was a parody video of like those 1-800 like call now uh, commercials. <laughs> it was for um, the party gangster hotline. Yeah. Yeah. So the, it was basically like the party gangster hotline whenever he walked up because Cheech Marin is just out in the front with this microphone, just advertising this fucking bar. Yeah. Cause the gangster party hotline, it was him talking about multiple types of that. 
like constantly through the three minutes it was playing. This is the same thing with Cheech, except it was pussy. <laughs> yeah, he's and it, it's like the most like I can't even recreate it. Don't even want to recreate it because we just we would love for you to just experience this. So fucking dumb, dude. I really hope none of you have kids listen to this podcast right now. <laughs> I don't think anybody listens to their kids listen to this podcast. I'd question pussy, them. Pussy, pussy. I'd question the fuck out of them if yeah. they did. But that was probably one of the best parts of the whole fucking film. <laughs> just God damn it. Just because then the cheats just go off about pussy. And then he comes back and he's like, yeah, try our new uh, buy one, get one for a penny pussy. It's like, if you can find pussy cheaper than a penny fuck it <laughs> so stupid they walk up and he's like trying to stop them at the gate well seth like punches the shit out of them and then they walk in and then richie just like kicks them in the back like from behind it's like yeah like that basically kind bitch. of yeah. <laughs> bitch you like that bitch so when you walk in it is pretty much just like I said earlier, it's just women naked all around minus, you know, a little bit of cover up and just bar patrons everywhere. The whole nine yards times a thousand. And they walk up to the bar and there's Danny Trejo. Good old uncle Danny Trejo. What's up, motherfucker? The fucking bartender. And he's looking at him. He's like, we don't serve you. It's like only bikers and truck drivers here are welcome. Yeah. And Seth, Seth is about to get really like pissed because. One of, the, one of the dudes just walks up and puts his hand on him and he's just like, get your fucking hand off of me. And the guy's like, oh, I'm going to count to three. And he's like, no, I'm going to count. And they're about to have, you know, big old fight. But that's when Jacob walks up and he's like, oh, if you see my, I'm, I'm totally going to talk like it. Cause he sounds like a fucking, he's had vape smoke just poured down his throat at this point. He's just like, well, if you take a look outside, you're going to see a big recreational vehicle. That's my vehicle. <laughs> and and if you look, it takes a class two driver's license to, her, to drive this vehicle to her. So if you look at my license to her, you'll to her, 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 that this is my license and I drive it. Not literally like that, but the delivery of that scene, I think is the only part where I'm like, oh, it, it felt really cringy, honestly. Yeah. But Danny was just like, welcome to the TV Twister. <laughs> yeah, may I take your order? <laughs> thank you, drive through. <laughs> like, I just picture him turning straight up into Beavis. Like, yeah, thank you, drive through. But, it, but Seth is just like, yeah, you know, bottle of tequila and five shot glasses coming right up. He's like, we got the best food in Mexico. I highly doubt that, but okay. At that point, I would highly expect him to punch him in the face for that. <laughs> right. Line. But dude, how, how well do you think the food would have been there? Like, honestly, like just, just honestly, as if we, if would, we went there. I wouldn't even touch it. <laughs> With the amount of bodily fluids and like unexpected surprises to happen. No. Right. Especially with what they're going to serve. Like you said, like they're just going to serve corpses. Yeah. Well, (laughs) look at my special meat. Look at my vampire meat. What kind of meat? (laughs) Rare. 
Very rare. Anyway, I mean, it's so rare we don't even find it anywhere. Else. <laughs> right. So anyway, they go, they go sit down and they get uh they get a lab date or they're taking shots and uh, Kate starts to drink. I think Scott has a couple of shots because Seth then, doesn't want to drink alone. Yeah, and then eventually Jacob takes a shot, basically as like a respect kind of thing, right? In a way, and then everybody stops for the main event. And I forgot her fucking name, but it's Selma Hayek's character. And oh my fucking God. Satanico Pandemonium. Yeah. She's the star attraction of the Tita Twister. And she is, God damn, dude. Like, you can't go wrong with her. (laughs) Another interesting fact, we were talking about it during the movie. When she comes out, she has a big ass uh, constrictor or bow constrictor. She has this large snake on her, basically doing the Britney Spears, you know, ordeal. But before that happened. And... Before they filmed that, she had a big fear of snakes. So she figured out a way to overcome the fear for that scene because it was a good, like, I want to say like 30 seconds she had that snake on top of her. And continuing on, she basically danced to the song of the punk rock or metal rock uh, mariachi looking fucking Mexican rock band over there. Yeah, and they were doing some like rockabilly kind of shit at Mm. first. And then all of a sudden, they play this real like like Santana. Sensual, yeah, it's like real sensual, like, you know, tune. And it's like, fuck, dude. Like, this band does it all. Yeah. They're really fucking good. Yeah. But yeah, she does her scene. She walks down tables and stuff. And she eventually gets to Richie. Which, ironically enough, Rodriguez gave Tarantino, like, this golden egg of an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows Quentin Tarantino and his foot fetish and this sequence where she's pouring the fucking whiskey down her leg and she's got her foot in his mouth. Yeah, and she's just, like, getting toe-sucked the entire time. Oh, yeah, and then, I forgot this, too. Earlier, whenever he had old girl come sit on the bed, he was like, take your shoes off. Yep. <laughs> so. But, like, that was his wet dream of that sequence right there. There is a, a little bit of an exposition up to this point that we forgot. In the very beginning, whenever they were holding up the convenience store, uh, Richie's hand got shot. I did forget about that. Okay. With a fucking like, f- like 40 cal or 40 some caliber like revolver, I think it was, like straight shot in his hand, right? Yeah, so he's all duct taped up and shit the whole time. And Chet came in complaining that he got the shit beat out of him with the gorilla dude that was trying to take down Seth earlier. And they got to their table and they started fucking brawling right there. Well, one of the guys had a fucking dagger and stabbed the same hand in the same fucking the spot. same fucking hole in Richie's hand. And he just sat there and was like, fuck, okay, I'm done with this shit. And he just, they, I mean, they tear each other up basically. Right. Well, this is where shit goes south. Like more than it is now. Oh yeah. Selma Hayek's character literally starts to like get into his days because Richie's hand is bleeding onto the ground and she goes full on like snake vampire on his ass. Yeah. Her whole fucking head changes. And it was really funny too, because she's just like, like hissing and everything. Like what the fuck? And then I look up like the first time I watch this movie, I look up and I'm just like, holy fucking shit. And I was thoroughly confused. Like, are they vampires or are they serpents? Like, I don't know. But then everybody turned into these like bat like vampire looking faces. Like, okay, well they're vampires now. Right. So now everybody is, uh, it's, it's a fucking vampire mosh pit to the point where even the band fucking completely changes. And dude, I, 
this was this was one of my favorite parts about this movie is is Cody's reaction seeing this for the first time. There's a shot where they cut to the band playing, and the guitarist lead singer has a whole ass corpse with the head on the ass end of the body of the guitar and a whole leg with strings on it. And he's like jamming on this fucking corpse naked dude, like as a guitar. You know, honestly, it reminds me of those inflatable guitars you get at like a carnival because it was like so thick and just like wobbly. <laughs> it was so 1990s, dude. It yeah. was funny as fuck. It was hilarious. Because they're because they start playing like this kind and then you look back and he's like, yeah, <laughs> stupid and funny at the same time. But then we get other two characters introduced at one point, which I forgot one of the names. The other one was Sex Machine, which he had a little bit of a interesting exposition in the beginning. He had this girl coming up to him, I think it was. And he had this cod piece that had a fucking revolver with two like barrels or two, um, not barrels, but you know, the revolving part, I guess you can call it. I'm not good with gun parts. And he just like click. Played by Tom Savini of all people, which I think is awesome because Tom Savini is very well known for his makeup and shit like that. His makeup effects and horror films. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, he worked on the original like Night of the Living Dead and shit like that. And then it was cool because Greg Nicotero and Robert Kurtzman, I want to say both of them were actually under his tutelage. So they got to do that shit on this movie. And Tom Savini is acting in this movie and it's really neat. Mm -hmm. And um, Fred Williamson is the other guy. Uh, That's right. It's like the like. If you've seen an action movie in the eighties, like this dude has been in it and his Nick, I think his name is uh, frost in this movie. And they kind of tag along and become minor character, like minor main characters for the entirety of the, the bar sequence. They're well, badasses though. I was going to say, it's kind of like what you said earlier when you get two films in one, like they're the stars of this half of the film and the rest of the guys are the stars of the other half, of the first half of the film. So it's right. kind of like, you know, they meet up and it's like this montage, but yeah, I mean, they're literally like slaying vampires left and right. And they eventually get to a a setting point where they notice that Seth was trying to, you know, take care of Richie's body, but he came back. Yeah, because he gets bitten. So Santanica Pandemonium jumps and bites his fucking neck and just rips it out. And so he dies, but you kind of forget about like You don't forget about it, but, you know, there's no emphasis on it until all the vampires are kind of vanquished here. Then he turns and it's a really sad moment, too, because they like say it's a sad moment. Like, if you, if you really like these characters a lot, because Seth just looks at him and he's like, here is the peace in death that I could not give you in life. And he fucking hammers a pool cue like right through his fucking heart. And then you're like, OK, well, it's over with. No, here comes a shit ton of bats. And holy shit, it's like the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like, if you ever watch WWE Royal Rumble and these motherfuckers are in the ring at the same time, here come the fucking bats. So eventually what happens is. Jacob is bitten. Sex machine is bitten. Yeah, sex machine gets bitten. And Fred Williamson gets bitten by sex machine, Frost. So there's three people that are bitten. Uh, Seth, Jacob, Kate, and Scott wind up barricading themselves in a loot room in the very back. And you find out that these people have been doing this for years. Because mm-hmm. there's a shit ton of freight from all the truck drivers that are you know passing through in there. So they decide, hey, let's give it all we got. Because finally... Seth convinces Jacob to like put his nutsack back on and, you know, be a mean motherfucking servant of God. I've been actually waiting to bring up this topic for a while. There's a moment in there where comedically, like they're putting like water in these fucking condoms and they're, you know, turning it into holy water for like bombs. And, right. you know, they're getting Seth has this cool like drill or like a jackhammer, jackhammer with like a yeah. fucking 
stake on the end of it and Kate's getting armed with like a crossbow. Here's what I have always thought about. Whenever you have a vampire movie and you've got a priest, why the fuck does the priest never bless the water inside of their own body? inside of people's bodies so that you have holy water in you. So if those fuckers bite you, it kills them and it just negates you even turning. It's a smart concept right there. Actually, if you think about it. Yeah. I've been waiting to talk about this for a while and I wanted to wait till like right fucking now to say mm-hmm. anything. Cause I'm like, God, why has this not been done yet? Especially if they do turn, I mean, they die instantly. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it would negate them turning you. So you're safe. Right. Hollywood. If you fucking use this, you owe us money. Yeah. Big check. Big motherfucking movie check. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they bust out and fuck these motherfuckers up nine ways a Sunday. And then we get good old pastor Satan, mm-hmm. which <laughs> we get him. Like he has the most creative use of weapons. Like he did a bat and a fucking shotgun pump action shotgun. And he crosses them like a cross. And what's funny is whenever he shows them like the vampires, when he shows them that cross, they all like, like, Oh no. <laughs> Like, I would literally just expect anybody to just walk up to vampire, cross their fingers like that, and like, oh, no, we can't cross that. No. No. Get your fingers away from my face. Uncross your fingers. But yeah, he would literally shoot vampires by pulling the bat back as it popped, like he cocks it back, and he pulls it back. So it's like, it's, it's funny and creative in a way. Yeah, and the fact that they had the wherewithal to uh, carve crosses into the tips of the bullets. Very smart. Very, very cool use of weapons in this. But anyway, like long story short, he turns, Jacob bites Scott, which he made his kids promise to fucking shoot him the instant he turns. But Jacob turns and Scott hesitates and gets fucking bitten for it. Dumbass. He bites him and then Scott just gets carried off by like three or four other vampires and they're just holding him up in the air and they're feeding on him in every which way possible. And he's looking at his sister and Kate's just like, I can't do it. He's like, kill me. I can't do it. Kill me. I can't do it. Kill me. Can't do it. Kill me. Fucking why? I can just imagine Richie in the background. He mouth killed me. <laughs> yeah. He comes back and he's like, that motherfucker mouthed the words kill me. Why haven't we killed him yet? Yeah. <laughs> but piece of shit. But eventually it's just going to be Seth and Kate at this point of the movie. And they're, you know, up in arms against literally like 50 or 60 vampires. Well, the sunlight's starting to pop through the bullet holes in the actual bar. And they're like, wait, start shooting holes everywhere. And they literally start beaming light onto all the vampires. Well, out of nowhere, you hear a knock at the door and there's Carlos. Yeah, and it's Cheech Marin again. And the light, like, makes basically all of them explode. Yeah, they, oh my God. And that's probably, this is probably one of the funniest fucking speeches in the movie, too. So they go outside and Carlos is like, what the fuck was all that? And... Seth is just like, of all the godforsaken places in this dirt hole, why did we have to meet here? And he's like, I passed by a couple times, thought it'd be good. And he's like, no, no, because of you, that entire girl's fucking family is dead. My brother is dead. And he's like, what, were they psychos or something? He's like, no, Carlos, psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them, no matter how fucking crazy they are. Mm -hmm. I laugh my ass off of that fucking scene. He's like, have you been here before? He's like, well, I passed it a few times. <laughs> and it's like typical Cheech Marin. It's not um, like a character, you know, like, a, oh, it's not a Border Patrol guy. And it's not like an over-the-top character. He's just like, eh, you know, eh. It's kind of... A typical Cheech. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so they agreed to 25% of the, the loot to get into Mexico, which Richie had earlier was like, why can't we just, you know, pay him 15%, you know, because he, he thought they were getting ripped off him. 
Seth was just like, no, you're going to fucking lower the price for my brother, you know, cause he's dead. You know, you can't make it up. No. But anyway, so they, they leave and poor Kate, dude, I felt bad for her. Cause she's like, she's got nothing left. She's got nowhere to fucking go. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, you need some company. And he's just like, Kate, do you know what El Ray is? I'm not, he's like, I might be a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard. Go home. Mm-hmm. Throws her some money, leaves her with RV. And it's basically like the end of the movie, except for like, they pan out and you find out that the titty twister is actually at the top of a whole ass Aztec temple that has housed this clan of vampires for fucking centuries. Mm-hmm. And you see like all the 18 wheelers and the bikes of everybody from before just crash into this canyon around the temple. That's from dusk till dawn. And honestly, I mean, you know, aside from this podcast, like, you know, putting these two films together and see which one's better than the other. It's still one of my favorite movies like ever. And it, again, the whole idea of getting one half being like a Tarantino ish film and the other half being a Rodriguez, you know, horror film. It was like grindhouse before grindhouse happened, except they just did it in one film. Pretty much. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about vampires again, but the movie. No, we didn't talk about vampires before. No, we didn't talk about them enough. We're just going to talk about them when you call <laughs> vampires. Fuck it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Dylan. I'm Corey. I'm Kendall. Together, we host From the Middle, a comedy and culture podcast about being middle class guys living in the middle of America in the middle chapters of our lives with points of view that fall somewhere in the middle. That's right, Corey. We chat about all things, mostly husband and dad life, geek culture and entertainment from a relatively centrist and regular point of view. We all hear enough about the extreme ends of the spectrum. So we thought we'd create a conversational and relaxed podcast from a moderate perspective. Flyover state? More like a state fairs. Stock. Guys, what's what's something that's cool and impactful that is the antithesis of boring? Yeah, I don't know, man. Listen to our podcast. We'd love for you to join the conversation. You'll forget you're not actually hanging out with us. That's From the Middle. Available wherever you find podcasts and at From the Mid Pod everywhere. And we're back. Now we're talking about vampires. Now we're talking about vampires. John Carpenter's vampires. Okay. Again. 
so we 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 love John Carpenter. Like we can agree to that, right? We love John Carpenter. Hundred percent agreement. When I first saw this movie forever ago, I didn't know it was a John Carpenter movie. And now that I know, not now, but you know, at the time when I found out, oh, now that I know it's a John Carpenter film, it makes all the fucking sense in the world. So let's get into this one. Uh, This one deals with, like, right from the jump, you don't question that it's a vampire film, obviously from the movie title or the plot. Yeah. There's a man named Jack Crow who is leading a team of vampire hunters that are funded by the Catholic Church. Who, Jack Crow is starred by none other than James Woods. James Woods IRL is kind of a piece of shit, but this was like one of the only fucking movies of his that I'll even watch anymore. And yeah, so he is just this leather jacket wearing shit talking vampire hunter leader. And holy God, hell, (laughs) this movie kind of ignores a lot of the tropes of the vampires where garlic doesn't work. Holy water doesn't work. Blah, blah, blah. It's basically, you know, decapitation, stake in the heart or sunlight. Yeah, and they're they're hunting a specific person. They're they're hunting a vampire, um, like a master vampire. Because the house that they rolled up on is a den from that master that they cre- that that master created, basically. And we actually, I was watching this film, and you mentioned that uh, Shang Soon is in this movie as yeah. one of the people in the clan, or not the clan, but the group. And I was like, yeah, he's going to go walk in there's like, your souls are mine. <laughs> and he gets bitten. My soul is yours. <laughs> and I was like, your souls are yours. Yeah, your souls are yours. Yeah. Take it back, please. <laughs> but yeah, they infiltrate this house. I mean, it looks, it's just a very old abandoned like farmhouse. And they end up picking, you know, vampire after vampire, which the way that they do it is really kind of funny. They harpoon them with a fucking crossbow bolt and it's attached to a Jeep winch. And they relay to, um, which is um, Montoya. Yeah. We forgot to mention like some of the cats. Daniel Baldwin. Daniel Baldwin. Of all the Baldwins. Daniel. Yeah. But they signal for him to reel in the winch and just pulls the vampire out the house and they just catch fucking fire. (laughs) (laughs) Which... I want to say the way they catch fire is pretty fucking hilarious because it looks like they have rocket packs attached to their fucking shoulders and arms. And it's like, <laughs> like a fucking firework and they explode. <laughs> and they rocket back. vamp. Yeah, rocket vamp. I was going to bite you, but now I'm not. Fuckers. But dude, James has like, su- okay. So you, you find out later on that his parents were bitten by vampires and he had to kill his fucking parents or whatever. So the whole time he's even murking one of these bastards, he's just like, die, fucking die, you sick fuck, die, 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 die. Like, that's, that's pretty much the brunt of his dialogue is mm-hmm. die, 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 and shoving. Shoving his wood. Yeah, you can't see me, but I'm, I'm staking into a chest with my hand. It's my chest. I'm James Wooding. <laughs> but yeah, they successfully clear out the den, but they couldn't find the master. So they end up going to a local motel, the Sun God Motel, the Hotel Motel Holiday Inn. They end up partying for, they got like nine heads that they killed, basically. And they had like hookers everywhere. They even had the local sheriff sitting there like bullshitting with them. And James' character, Jack, meets this girl who's played by Cheryl Lee. And they're going off into her room and everything like that. Well, she gets into his room and here is this fucking... Crow, Brandon Lee looking vampire, Valak, 
Yeah, who is the master vampire that they're they're really trying to look for? Because James is disappointed the whole time. James, I'm gonna call him James. James was disappointed the whole fucking time. Jack. Yeah. Because and, he couldn't find him. Yeah. And he ends up like sexually biting the crap out of her. It's Villa Valak. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's him. Him. <laughs> well, that happens, and Valak just goes fucking ape shit in the fucking motel. Dude. <laughs> he literally, his only weapon of choice is his fucking hand. He just like holds like a karate chop stance and he just like slices fucking everybody up. Oh, yeah, dude. Cause, okay, the guy that he does that to is Mark Boone Jr. Mm-hmm. And it's the same dude from Batman. I always recognize him from this fucking role. From Batman Begins, he's one of the corrupt cops that robs the falafel guy and doesn't pay for his food. Yeah. Well, you don't like falafel? No, bitch. He, he got sliced the fuck open. And yeah. Villa Valak is going to get that falafel back. He's probably like singing, oh, the wings of a butterfly. <laughs> or any other hymn song you can think of. Rip out the wings of falafel fries. He's like, <laughs> There needs to be a video of that. Just the soundtrack is like him songs to him just slicing everybody up. Oh, dude. Yeah. Because this whole sequence was like a fucking wreck. He's breaking necks. He's slicing. He's dicing. He's kicking. He's fucking. He's sucking. He's doing everything and uh, under the sun, but not literally under the sun. Under he, the sun. He, God. He's, he's basically Vince off with the slap chop. Dude, that is the slap chop. He, <laughs> he just he slices that fucker clean. He says one, two, three. <laughs> Give me a sham wow to get the blood up. A vamp wow. Yeah. It was literally nobody left in that whole hotel besides Cheryl Lee's character, which I'm still not going to forget the name. Jack and Montoya. They're the only ones left. Katrina. That's her name. Katrina. Yeah. yeah. There, and, there we go. And she is actually the, the actress that played Laura Palmer in Twin Peaks. That's where I knew her from. So we, we found out where the fuck Laura Palmer went. She didn't die in Twin Peaks. She just like relocated, changed her fucking name and joined a vampire clan. But yeah, they take off down the road trying to escape uh, Villa Valley. <laughs> I'll never not call him that now. And uh, there's a part where he's like flying through the air, like just majestically, I guess you can call it. And he gets a shit shot out of him and he's on the ground. Well, he loses track of him and they eventually made the pact to like, okay, you know, rule whatever. We have to bury whoever dies in the, the, the pack, basically. And Montoya's like, you know, why would you go back there? Well, they... They just harp on each other about it. Anyway, they go back in the morning, I think it was, and Jack starts to clean up the bodies of everybody that's dead by himself. Because Montoya is just like, you know, I don't think we should be doing this. What if he comes back? What if it trails back to us? What we do then? Well, they end up going to another hotel further on the way and takes Katrina with them. Yeah, because now that she's been bitten by the master vampire, she can be telepathically linked to him. So they'll be able to find him, you know, through her visions and shit. That was like kind of the plan. Mm-hmm. Which apparently the plan changes constantly. Right. But I've got a, I've got a legitimate question though. Yeah. So every time they bring up, whether it's, it's Jack or Montoya, they bring it up and they're just like rule number, whatever. We never once get introduced to any of the rules that they come up with. Mm-mm. They're just, oh, rule number seven. And I'm like, well, how many fucking rules are there? Yeah, I mean, is it only seven or is it like 40 or is it like 100? Is there a fucking Bible of rules that you have to follow? It must be. Is, is Jack your Jesus? Is Jack Jesus? Jack Jesus. Anyway. Yeah, Jack like decapitates all the bodies and he throws the heads like further down the road. <laughs> Funny enough. 
and he has to go report to the cardinal. I think it's a cardinal. Yeah, it looked funny when he was dumping the heads, though, because it looks like he didn't even drive very far from the hotel. He was just like, I'm going to walk across the street. Yeah. Because then the news report is like, and they found the heads of the bodies a mile away from the, the scene. He didn't even make an effort. Like, why wouldn't you drive with those heads to a different fucking town, yeah. dump them on the way, and go? Yeah. James, you dumb motherfucker. But, yeah. So, he has to report to his leader, which is a cardinal or a cardinal. And they try and figure out who the fuck this vampire is. And they end up finding out that he is the master of all masters. Because this guy's been around for like 600 years. Yeah, he was accidentally created by the fucking Catholic Church in some kind of like reverse exorcism or some shit. Yep. And now they got to figure out how to take him out, which they're trying to figure out, you know, where he's, why he's here. You know, what he's, what is he doing here? Because yeah. he was in um, somewhere in Europe, I think it was. Right. And one of the subplots is that Jack wants to fucking personally find him because Valak knew his name. So he's like, somebody set us up. Yeah. And he keeps asking like, who is he? You know, why does he know our names? He's like, I'm not sure, but he ends up getting another priest and I forget his name, but he looks father like Adam, father Adam. Yes. Because he reminds me of a Billy Ray Cyrus from the nineties. I actually know he's kind of like a newer Billy Ray. Cause he has the hair, not so much of a mullet and he's got the beard. Yeah. He's got a sweet beard. Yeah. And they end up driving back to the hotel that Montoya was at chit chatting about, you know, what's going to happen from now on about finding this guy. And I think, Jack gets pissed off to the point where he's tired of like chit chatting and he's literally like thrown out the van onto the side of the road and like just starting to beat the shit out of him basically. Right. Cause he thinks he set him up too. Like he's so just, he's paranoid. He's paranoid as fuck about this whole thing, which I mean, I would be too. I mean, yeah, if a vampire master knows your name and you never met this fucker before, like what the hell's going on? But at the hotel, Montoya strips down Katrina. And ties her to the fucking bed, which, heaven forbid, man, give me that. Oof. <laughs> but he ends up trying to, like, talk to her, and she screams, and he's like, no, look, if you scream again, I'm going to twist your fucking neck. And the way he says it, he's like, you make another, you make another noise, and geek. And I'm like, what the fuck is geek? Is that- That's the sound effect it makes when you crack someone's neck. I, I've, ha- I've had a neck injury. That's not the fucking sound that it makes. It's no. more like, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Fuck. <laughs> So he thoroughly explains to her, like, do you know what happened? It's like, she's like, no, I don't remember. It's like, okay, well, first of all, you're a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Or first off, fuck you, you're a vampire. Yeah, because you got bit and you're connected to that master. So now we're going to use you as bait, basically. So she got bit by the master vampire and she's the bait. So would that make her the master bait? Yep. Yeah, you're welcome. Master baiter. (laughs) I mean, considering what we saw earlier in that scene. Yeah. Master, master. Master of Baiters. Yes. <laughs> Pulling the wings. Pulling your wings. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway. Yeah. Like he gives her the lowdown on that and you get the fucking impression <laughs> the that he's load down yeah. the load. He gives her a load now. Yeah. And you kind of get the impression that he's uh, sweet on her, even though she's being bit. He's actually like treating her decently. He's just taking all the precautions because at one point he's like, you know, she's like, oh, can I get dressed? And he's just like, yeah. She's like, well, can I get a towel or something? He's like, well, I've already seen you naked. Just fucking with her. And she's like, God damn it. And he's like, no, no, hang on. I'll get you a towel. One towel coming right up. And he's being you know, funny about it. Right. And then when she fucking tries to change, it was hilarious when she puts her clothes on. She shuts her. He's like, door open. And she's like, no, he's like, a little bit. Like the way he says it, it's just like, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> 
but he doesn't watch her or anything like that. He just want to make sure she don't try to escape, which she fucking tries. Yeah. She's on the outside of the window and ends up pulling her back in, breaking through the window and gets fucking bit in the arm. Yeah. He slices his arm on the glass and she sees it and she like fucking bites him, but she doesn't have fangs or anything yet. She just like, nom, 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 tries to fucking eat it, but she's transitioning. So therefore, mm, yeah, but yeah, he, uh, Thoroughly wraps himself up and tries to play cool and Jack and Adam come back. Father, when I was, when I was kicking your ass back there, did you get a little wood? It's like, what? Did you get a little mahogany, a little, a little, little wood? Mm-hmm. That's like the joke that Jack has with him pretty much the whole entire fucking movie. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I'm just fucking with you, Padre. Like he's trying to bust his balls and break the ice because he kicked the shit out of him. And I was like, well, this guy is actually trustworthy. I need to be nice to him. Mm hmm. And it is pretty funny, but he does find out through Adam that uh, Adam knows about Jack and how his parents were bitten by the vampires and that he got raised by the Catholic Church to be their master vampire hunter. He tells Adam that he found out that the vampires, specifically Valak, are looking for a black cross that's going to allow them to walk in the sun. So there's more exposition. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> we forgot about old boy having to cauterize the fucking wound on his arm. Oh my God, I did forget about that. So we were laughing because if anybody out there knows this video, like we're going to play a clip from it, but if anybody fucking knows um, a lot of the vines that went around when vine was a thing, like mm-hmm. he's sitting there, he's, he's looking at his arm in the bathroom and he breaks his lighter out and he lights it and we're just both kind of cringing. But then when he does it, we crack the fuck up because he's like, ah, 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 like he's like screaming and it sounds like the, uh. <laughs> Ah! Ah! <laughs> exactly what he fucking sounds like. Which again needs to be made a thing. Just put Daniel Baldwin at the end of that. Just going ah, ah, like just have it as a fucking outtake or yeah. some shit, like a remastered outtake. We'll we'll, we'll put that in. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, okay, you know how they always make fun of the how to chew five gum or a. Yeah, like this is what it this what is, is what it's like. They always put like some random clip at the end of it. It's just some like fail or something. This is how it feels to chew five gum. They need to do that with that meme or that vine. Ah, uh, uh, and just put like a uh, random scream at the end of anything. <laughs> like that has to be a thing. Ah, uh, ah, uh, that's it. <laughs> so, God no, I'm just it. thinking of um the oh my god oh. Uh, 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 oh my god! god fucking troll too there's so many possibilities with this but yeah that happened and we get to them all recollecting in the hotel motel holiday, holiday in. Jack is like you got bit no I fell through a window oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> stupid dialogue <laughs> there's something you want to talk to me about nothing that you'd like to hear Pats him on the fucking bar and walks off. Okay, so they get Katrina to do her vision bullshit, and she sees this priest just get fucking sliced and diced, but not before he shows Valak a spot on the map. And they're trying to figure out, well, what the fuck is the spot on the map? Turns out that this is the location of the Black Cross because he was the only Padre that knew the location. Right. That's where Father Adam is just like, hey, uh, we gotta, we gotta roll down there, motherfucker. We gotta roll down to San Miguel and, uh, you know, kill some motherfucking vampires. Mm-hmm. 
and not just a nest this time, but Valak has recruited like seven other uh, master vampires for his his little group. Which was really cool how they did it because they all came out of the ground like zombies and they were just dirty as hell, but they look intimidating at the same time. And like you said, just seven masters along with the master walking to this old church. Oh yeah, and they slaughter all those monks that are out there, dude. I mm-hmm. mean, they fuck them up nine ways of Sunday. Yep. And then Valak finally gets a hold of the cross. <laughs> Did that fucking one part when they're going there, though? I forgot about it. When, <laughs> when Montoya, because they're taking separate vehicles. So, like, Montoya is driving their Jeep and Katrina's riding shotgun. And she has another vision of this happening. And she's like, stop the car. <laughs> I got a shit. She doesn't really say it, but I swear to God, like, the way that she's like, stop the car. He's like, what the fuck? She just, like, jump out and take a massive shit like your mm. stomach's all torn up i got a shit stop the car well yeah she eats human food and she's like it's like diuretic to her and she's shitting blood shitting blood and you just see Montelio underneath her Jesus fucking Christ it's funny though yeah cringy but funny after that, they figure out that Valak is trying to complete his exorcism to live in the daylight, you know, because he's the exorcism was never finished. Right. So they go down to Santiago for a final showdown. And basically they get four of the vampires like they pull four vampires out, but sunlight or sunlight disappears. Mm hmm. And they're just kind of like, fuck it. Oh, we'll come back tomorrow. Or they're, they're just like done. They're just going to fucking leave. It's like my shift's over. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I was just like, man, they're just going to go. Because, yeah. you know, now it's nighttime. They can come outside. And they're just walking away. And you were, dude, you made me fucking laugh. Because not only did the rest of the, the vampires come outside, but Valak like flies towards James Woods, towards Jack and all them. And the camera, okay, so the DVD of this we watched is shot in a four point or four one ratio. It fucking switches, like Cody pointed this out, and I fucking die laughing because we round and watched it again. It's like the vision of Valak, like when he's flying towards him, it swaps to like 16.9 and it's all squished and shitty looking. <laughs> and we were like, hold the fuck up. If this is what it means to be a vampire, I don't want to get bit. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's not like, you know. 169 vision where you can see things clearly like the images are squished and I would look supremely fatter and I don't want that. It's like letterbox. No extreme. extreme. <laughs> but yeah, like they confront them outside and they have this big old brawl and a bunch of shit going down. They tie Jack to this fucking cross to complete the ritual. Right. Right. And it turns out that the Cardinal has betrayed them because the Cardinal's like, I don't believe in God. I want to be forever. He's going to turn me into forever. If I do what he says, like and father Adam has hidden in a building somewhere and he's just like, fuck, you know, starts questioning his shit. And he's just like, no, nope, 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 nope. Shotguns him in the back from mm-hmm. way the fuck up on a building. And so now he's like, ha ha, you're fucked. You got, you can't finish the exorcism. And then Valak is like, oh, really? He's going to go light James Woods on fire on this fucking cross. Meanwhile, Montoya has driven off with Katrina. She bites him. He cauterizes his wound again with a fucking machine gun. She has made her way back to the village. 
And we're like, oh man, maybe he's going to fucking die. And we kind of forget about him. This is another scene where you and I were just dying fucking laughing because he rolls in. He shoots one of the fucking arrows into this cross with his little Jeep shit speeds away and rips the fucking cross down with Jack strapped, like crucified. He's strapped to this motherfucker and dude, it's in slow motion and we put it in slow motion too, bruh. That shit should have broken his fucking neck getting dragged down on that motherfucker. Especially with whatever dummy they used on that scene, like their neck just like completely whiplash. <laughs> so stupid, dude. It just ran. <laughs> so floppy. <laughs> and the first thing I thought of was if y'all remember that board game back in the 90s, Crossfire. Yes. You can caught up in that Crossfire. Crossfire. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking just gone. Mm-hmm. But when he hits the ground for the split second before they cut back to the shot of like James Woods being safely dragged or whatever, they fucking cut to it and it's all like wrenched up and folded over. It looks so bad. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they left that shot in the movie. But it was so dumb. Oh, fuck. But anyway, like they cut him out. And I think this is around the time the sunlight starts coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the resolution of the movie is that there's no resolution. Like Valak dies because James Woods traps him in this building and kicks a fucking beam and he fucking explodes. But the rest of his master clan is just around. So now it's just him and father Adam. And he gives Montoya like two days to like get away because he finds out that he was bitten like two days prior. And Montoya's like, yeah, but I still covered your ass. So they look at each other like, how many days should we give him? He's like, two days. You got two days. Like, Father Adam just becomes a badass all of mm-hmm. a sudden. Like, he was like this little wimpy, like, nerd fuck. And then now he's just like a vampire hunting bad motherfucker. He's yep. a mean motherfucking servant of God. Mm-hmm. And then James is like, all right, so let's go in. They start going in. And he's like, well, there's just two of us now. And, you know, Father Adam's like, not just two. And he hands him across. He's like, he's always been there with us. And he's like, all right. And then Father Adam, you know, bringing it right back around. He's like, when you were stabbing that vampire in there, did you get a little wood? Yeah. Mahogany. No, teak. Like, they start naming all different types of wood. big old chubby. Yeah, and he's like, language padre. (laughs) And that's that's pretty much the end. But, I mean, it's a fun fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Both of these movies are fun. I do want to pick a winner out of the two of them, though. I don't want to have a draw between them, even even though they're both pretty good. I mean, honestly, to me, I think Dust Till Dawn... Same wins. There's more going on that kind of keeps you on your toes. And you basically, like we talked about many times, we get two films in one. Right. Yeah. I strongly agree with that one because as fun as vampires is, I think it's a little more straightforward. Uh, From dusk till dawn is a little more quirky. There's a lot of uh, quotable moments in it. It's not as serious. I mean, vampires has its comedy moments, but uh, for the most part, it's a straightforward horror movie. Yeah, I mean, they give you the break in tension comedy versus with Dust Till Dawn. It's like it's a lot more comedy involved than normal. Yeah, so from Dust Till Dawn wins on this week's showdown. Before we before we head out, we would like you to check the show notes below. A uh, dear buddy of ours from Grief Burrito. Harrison has a GoFundMe set up. Uh, we we can't really explain like a lot. Because it's a lot to explain, but if you like to go in the show notes below, click it and listen to his story. Um, there was a lot of uh, 
shady shit that happened to his father and they're in danger of possibly losing their home. So if you guys would like to, you know, go to the show notes below and even just, you know, read a story. If you can't make a donation, share it around and, you know, try to help out a little bit because he's a good dude and we really enjoyed the guys over there. And uh, especially coming from, you know, coming back from such bullshit ourselves, it's, you know, right. hard fucking relate, man. So definitely, definitely give if you can or just, you know, spread the word. Yeah. We fucking love you, dude, and we hope everything works out on you guys' end over there. Get a Jacob cross shotgun to that shit. Fuck it. Exactly. Yeah. Fight that shit. Yeah. But, uh, no, man, uh, it's good to be back. It's, it's been quite a while for us, and we're fucking happy to be able to get back on the hump fucking saddle. Back on the hump. Back on the hump. Back <laughs> on those Twin Peaks. <laughs> happy to get back on them Twin Peaks and be doing this shit again. But yeah, we're, we've got we've got a slew of shit coming up this month. Uh, every every week this month is going to be uh, spooky themed. Got a couple of other cult cinema showdowns, a couple of other episodes we're going to be doing. But uh, yeah, it's nice to be doing this shit again. Definitely. Uh, you know the routine because we've forgotten the routine. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, just listen to prior episodes. You'll know the routine. Exactly. We have social media stuff. Yeah, we have coffee. Well, we, we, we were drinking coffee. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Uh, we have coffee.com if you would like to donate to us, just in general. Uh, we have our c- merch. Yes, go buy a fucking t-shirt. Go buy a hoodie. It's hoodie season, y'all. We still have masks, don't we? Yes, we do. Go get a mask. Go get a fucking mask, man. Get a mask. It's actually starting to cool down a little bit down here, so you might want to get like a long sleeve. Yeah. Get a hoodie. Get yeah. a long sleeve. Get a get whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Deck us, deck us on your body. Deck your balls with us before the season. Mm-hmm. Or get spooky. Depending on response to this, we, we might, you know, do like next year, we, we may do some spooky media bros merch just for exclusively for October, mm-hmm. which would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Go check us out on uh, Podchaser. Go to iTunes. Leave us a rating and review if you'd like to. Hell, even if you're like, y'all are going for too long, one star. Oh, yeah. You guys fucking left us and you gave us some fucking bullshit in September. You gave us one goddamn episode in September. Fuck you. You made us listen to repeated episodes. God. One star. Oh, welcome back, you guys. We're so happy to have you. One, one star. star. <laughs> that, I'm telling you, that's, that Passive would be a aggressiveness. Yeah, we're happy to see you again. One star. Fuck yeah. you. From Karen. <laughs> I like to speak to y'all's manager. Bitch, we are the manager. Well, y'all suck. One star. Oh, fuck. Isn't that like a um, notebook brand or something? One star? No, five star. Five star. I knew yeah. it was some star. It was the opposite of what we've been. We doing. need to put merch like that on there. It's like a notebook one star. <laughs> Super Media Bros presents back to school one star. Yep. Folders. The just highest show- quality of bullshit you'll get. Exactly. Just show, just show everybody that you're not going to give 110%. You're going to give a one star percent. <laughs> yeah. You'll give a 20%. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe 20. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you have five stars, one star would be twenty percent of five. This, this is true. So, yeah, give twenty percent effort. Yeah, give a twenty percent effort for the other eighty. Fuck it. <laughs> give give twenty percent effort one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> That'd be the greatest fucking slogan for that shit. What was that quote from Anchorman? Like ninety five percent of the time, it works every time, or something like that, or something like that. And Ron's like, that doesn't make sense. Ninety five percent of the time, it works one hundred percent of the time. So yeah, one one star Super Media Bros school folders, twenty percent of the time. Give twenty percent effort, one hundred percent of the time. 
Exactly. This is how far our minds have gone. We've lost our fucking minds. I mean, it's been a rough month. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to be all right. I mean, we're here, so. Yeah, we're here. We're fine. Yeah. Next week. I think we're doing the creepypasta stuff next week, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. But if not, we are anyway. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, we're going to do it. We're going to give our, we're going to give 20%, 100% of next that, week. That, that was 20%. It's like, um, I think we're doing this, but yeah. we might not, but we are. Yeah. Come back for one star. Come back for one star next week. Creep. That's the creepy pasta <laughs> right there. It's called one star. When podcasters give 20% effort. 100% of the time. It's spooky. Everybody gives 100%, but not these guys. No. 20% is their maximum. 20%. Girl, if it's all right. 20%. 20%. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. I think we can get the fuck out of here and go Before we lose our minds even more. We're going to lose our minds. We're going to go eat. And uh, I think we may wind up just recording next week's episode sometime this week. Because, you know, that's what we fucking do. We We could plan ahead. Oh, speaking of, that's actually a lot easier now because we're literally neighbors. Oh yeah. So that's, that's some news because in, in the fucking, in the fucking tragedy of hurricane Laura, Cody has become my fucking next door neighbor and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. We're like one second apart from each other. Yeah. It's literally a staircase climb. That one day you came into my apartment, like fucking Kramer. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was literally just like surrounded by everybody in my apartment and all of a sudden he comes in and is like, is the AC working? Hold on one second. Yeah. I was, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. So it's a lot easier to come together and record and all that fun shit. Fuck yeah. So may, maybe we'll do some bonus content. We never know. But let's go eat and uh, we'll, we'll plan ahead for next week and, and beyond. Meryl. So this is going to be Spooky Media Bros the entire month of October. And uh, fuck yeah. Do we do, uh, do we put our shades on this month or do we just like die? What do we do? We uh, rip our faces off and have the spooky skulls. Our skulls have shades on. Yeah. So I guess we'll still do shades on. Spook off. Fuck yeah. There you go. All right. Until next week, I've been Midnight Agent Raw. And I've been Okami. Shades on. Spook off. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VGW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus